Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Hey guys, I'm Amanda. And I'm Jen. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Fathomless. fucking christmas time it is fucking christmas time my christmas tree is up i have all my decorations out we're it's... actually doing christmas with my family next weekend yeah it's like let's say december 4th yeah it's like yep. the beginning of december right now this episode will come out to like the week before christmas but um, the most wonderful we, i was like year. we haven't talked about fucking christmas time. motherfucking christmas can yet. i say something my dad is um our newest biggest fan who binged like all the episodes shout out to ray so that that was one of his complaints he had two complaints one complaints is that we had to i didn't shout out the quote greatest dad in the world oh no how dare you yeah so here's your greatest shout out thanks dad you're the greatest if we I, love you, Ray. He would drop me off places, and if I didn't say, thanks, Dad, you're the greatest, he would, like, shout things out the window and, like, embarrass me. Like, I love you. Bye. I love you, too. So I had to say it, so. That's the best. Yeah, so, thanks, Dad, you're the greatest. And also, he said less F-bombs. I'm so sorry. But that's not going to happen. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where it came from. You let my Aunt Lynn babysit me as a child, and if anyone knows Aunt Lynn... I was raised by fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> so it just comes out of my mouth. Like, I don't even, like... Yeah. Sometimes around children, I'll let one slip, and I'm like... Sentence I don't know how answer. to talk without swearing. We tell... Uh, I tell Andrew that the slogan in Massachusetts is... The, the smoker's boy. Oh, yeah. The, Welcome to Massachusetts. Go fuck yourself. Yes. That. So every time, like, me and Andrew, like, we'll, we're flying back home or, like, you know, we're driving into Massachusetts from, like, New Hampshire or whatever, he always has to say it. It's, that is. That's, it's, like, a nice, pretty sign with, like, a bird. And I'm, like, it should have a middle finger. Kind of like, a little chickadee on there. I think one of them has, like, a turkey or something, you know. No. It's Welcome to Massachusetts. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> my, my Boston grandma voice. I mean, you're probably gonna drive into Massachusetts and someone's gonna cut you off and give you the finger and oh yeah, tell well, you to go fuck yourself. It's bound to happen. Exactly. <laughs> so what are you doing? Um, back to Christmas talk. I think Ray got enough of our attention. He hates when I call him Ray. I just everyone around me calls him Ray. So like, I would just like speak when I'm talking about him. I say Ray, and I accidentally just like to his face. I'm sorry. <laughs> dad. Well, it's like me calling my dad. I call my mom Karen, so... Yeah. And when we're in public, we call her Esther, so the uh, so the strangers don't know that her real name's Karen and, and give her a dirty look. I'm dead. <laughs> so we call her Esther in public, and we tell her she's got to be on her best behavior oh, now. Don't be a Karen. <laughs> she can't make a complaint and then tell someone that her name's Karen. <laughs> Some people oh, are going to laugh at it. I'm like saying that's your name's hilarious. Esther. Esther. <laughs> so I love that that's what you picked. Yeah. Yeah. It's her alter ego. It's funny. My, um, when you, with, when you were with us, you were with me on that trip. Mike, my stepdad, I got my mom this board game and it's called Really Karen. Yep. And it's like 
beat Karen like bossing your yeah, way through the town. It. We played it. Yeah, I think I won. I think I was the you Karen. Did. You were the Karen. <laughs> I was not. My mom's not even a good Karen. She couldn't no. even win at her own game. You were really not good with it. Yeah, the game was um, it had some cards in there that I'm not even gonna mention, but that game is horrible. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was very like Cards Against Humanity esque with the uh, the sayings and things. On the I wouldn't All-Star. recommend it, but it was fun to play it. My stepdad comes home and he's like, "Look what I got you!" She's like, "Really?" <laughs> so funny. <laughs> no, but it was a fun game. Um, so yeah, so Christmas, you go in your family's house. Yeah, my you sister, guys do a big shebang. Yeah, my sister does a pajama party every year. Oh my god, it's so fun! So much with, fun. It's so much fun. They, uh, I'll make Andy a big do dinner. That with me. It's it's a blast, honestly, and it's nice because like the whole point of it is that like she's already cooking dinner. You know, everyone's already like wrapping presents, running around, doing a million things. You really want to have to get all dressed up with like a nice outfit too? Fuck no. No pajama parties are that. So, pajama party. Yeah. Oh, I got my Christmas jammies on right now. Yeah. My mom sent them to me. She sent me a pair, and she sent Andrew a pair of Christmas. Sean and I have matching Christmas sweaters. Yep, I saw. (laughs) Christmas vacation themed, which if you guys don't watch National Anthem's Christmas vacation every year, you're missing out. It's it's on the rotation list of movies I watch multiple times every year. Yeah, so my my Christmas sweater says, and why is the carpet all wet, Todd? And his says, I don't know, (laughs) Margo. Which is great. I love it. It's great. We wore them to Thanksgiving because yep. we were so excited about them. We were like, screw it, we're going to debut them at Thanksgiving. We were also decorating my dad's Christmas tree, so it's all right. Emily wore her Christmas sweater, too, and so did Sarah. She wore hers, and it was fun. Sorry, so, my cat just tried to jump in my lap. Yeah, she's been with us the whole day of recording. Yeah, she's like three of them, so they're just they're everywhere. Um, I put my Christmas tree up. We went away for Thanksgiving for like a week, like the day before Thanksgiving is when we left. So I put my Christmas tree up like I think like a week prior because I was like, I don't want to get back and only have three weeks of like my Christmas tree up. I need to enjoy it for much, much longer than three weeks. So I put my Christmas, it breaks my heart like putting my Halloween and my fall stuff away, but like I love putting my Christmas stuff out. My mom just sent me like a box with like little decorations too, so I have to put some of those out. I think this was the only year I was excited to put my Halloween stuff away, and it was because I was violently ill with the flu on Halloween, so I was really upset that I missed it because it's my favorite fucking holiday, so I was just like, all right, I just want to move on to Christmas because I, I, I need to enjoy Halloween. Like... And then you get those people that are like, it's not Christmas yet. What about Thanksgiving? Oh, my God. Let people enjoy their life. And Thanksgiving and Christmas are one holiday. It's the holiday season. As Ash from Morbid. You know her love? It's the the holiday holiday season. season. (laughs) It is. It is the holiday season. So stop complaining. I keep some of my fall stuff out. Like, I still have my fall. I should probably switch them out. But I still have my fall um, play snaps. And they fall easy and roosters on them. I don't know what roosters have to do with fall, but they're my Farm fall place. Stuff. Yeah. And um, I have, like, my pumpkin welcome mat still out. So, it's like, I, I keep some, like, fall stuff, but, like, you don't have Thanksgiving decorations, really, no. right? Not really. You don't, like, put out, like, a turkey I get out nice statue worship. paper plates that have little pumpkins on them to eat dinner off of. Yeah. That's about it. 
I saw the little pumpkin on my windowsill. What am I saying? I'm going to be there for a while. I love the squirrels with the pumpkin that I have. It's so cute. I love mini pumpkins. I need a mini pumpkin. I wanted multiple, but I swapped them. I can change myself. Um... Yeah, I guess so I'm hosting Christmas you, you at my are, house. Are you nervous? Um, no, I'm actually excited because like I love to like look up recipes and like cook things, and I love to like do shit like that. So I all, the only thing I have planned are these like chocolate pudding Bailey Bailey's Jello shots that I saw. Cool. cool. So Christmas dinner is Jello shots. <laughs> no, I was just <laughs> well, my stepmom and my stepsister, you know. They like to drink sometimes, and I can do some Jello shots with some Baileys in it. I love Baileys. I can't oh drink God, like I hard stuff, and so I can partake in that. But I want to do like, a, you know, I want to make everything. I want to do it all. But then I'm thinking like, fuck, I only have a two-person um, kitchen table. Yeah, and I don't. I do. I just have them all sit on the floor. I'm get a card table, like a fold-out. But table. then I'm gonna need chairs for everyone. I don't have chairs. And have everyone sit on the floor. Exactly. I mean, bring your own pillow. Alana, bring your own pillow. Dad, bring <laughs> your own pillow. <laughs> everyone bring a pillow to Jen's house for Christmas dinner. Yeah. Because if I get tables and chairs, it's like I don't want to put up some cheap shit, you know? We can all just like sit in a circle on the floor. Just everyone sit on the couch. And you're going to eat the dinner and you like it. My dad's gonna turn all the lights on. He's gonna turn the heat up all the way. I would ask your dad if he has table and chairs. Do you mind? I can. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. It's still it's away. But I wanna like put in the menu and like do the big grocery shop now that I have a house and I'm an adult. Uh, the other day, so Andrew, fun. like I'm like waking up in the morning. I'm like not even out of bed yet. Andrew's getting ready for work. And he'll me and him just like stop in the middle of like doing nothing and say the most random shit to each other. And he, like, stops, looks, and he's like, babe, we're adults. <laughs> we're adults. And I was just like, it's when you know you're not an adult. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we're adults. We can do whatever we want. He's always like, this is our house. We live here. Honestly, I would do that, too, if I owned a house. He said the cutest thing the other day. He's like, yeah, I know what our vows should be. I was like, what? We always ask each other, are you my baby, babe? Yeah, and we just like go back and forth. Every That's couple, perfect. you guys all have those like little yeah things to say. But he's like, those should be your vows. Just thirty minutes of that back and forth. <laughs> the people will love it. That'd be great. And I'm like, yeah, that'll take the pressure off. <laughs> Honestly, do it. Be iconic. <laughs> he might. I wouldn't be surprised if he like ended his vows with that. Oh, so. Yeah, Christmas. I want to go to the ice castles in New Hampshire. That place looks so cool. Yeah. Um, my cousin and her kids and my aunt, my uncle, they go. They went last year and they loved it. So I think we all might never seeing been. if we can get tickets on the same day and go. I've Ooh. never been either, but I guess now they're doing like an adult like bar serving drinks type thing. Fancy. Not much of a drinker, but if I'm going to an ice castle, I might as well get a, that would be cool. a nice thing to drink. Maybe they serve it in like a cup made of ice. They might. They might. That also might hurt your hair. Ann is judging me. All right. No, I'm not. Yes, I love you me. are. Yes, you are. I saw it in your eyes. <laughs> All right. Um, are, you just are you ready to hear my face? I am so ready to hear 
I've mentioned this to Amanda a few times, but I don't think she actually knows what I'm talking about. No, I didn't want to research it. I wanted to be, I like the, you know, like we said last time, get the raw. The raw uh, reaction. Yeah, my raw yeah. reaction. What is your raw reaction, Amanda? Yeah. Can we really think this case? I will. I'm going to tell you everything. Okay. So today I'm going to give you a story. That's one story really happened. Um, it's a very gruesome murder, so, like, super trigger warning. Um, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. Um, but it happened close to where I live in Keene, New Hampshire. A lot of of murders happening up there. Actually, most of this, most of the stuff happens over on the east side of the state. Hard to find things over in western New Hampshire. This is our second case in, uh... I know, but county, I right? but I found like so much in like Concord, Manchester. Oh yeah, yeah. I also got like a book about all the people that have um, perished on the White Mountains. On the White Mountains. So mm-hmm. I want to do an episode on that. I think I know it's not like grimy, but it falls under our it's still dark history. Yeah, just weird, creepy, spooky. Yeah, but um, I mean, it's 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 cool to kind of just do things. Around where you live, so you can be like, this happened. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, it actually happened, like, in Ringe, New Hampshire. I don't know if you know where Ringe is. No, um, it's near, like, Franklin Pierce University. I'm sure you're part of that school. Yeah. It's, like, right on the state line of New Hampshire and Massachusetts. It's oh, like, okay. It's, like, southeast of Queen. Okay. Uh, you, like, when you're driving up to my house, you usually drive by assignments so of, like, Ringe. I'll have to look for it yeah. next time. Um, so, but, like, the people, like, in the circumstances of the case, like, everything that like, happened, like, around Keene or originated in Keene, um, and, you know, happened fairly recently. I feel like the last couple cases I've done have been, like, yeah, kind of older. Way like back 70s, when. Yeah. yeah, 70s, 60s. Um, so I kind of just want to do something, like, kind of fairly recent this time. And I'm honestly surprised I hadn't heard about this case, like, given how, like, crazy it is um so i love to do little history geography lessons at the beginning of every case because i was like hey i'm gonna learn about the area might as well tell yeah. people too so give it to me yeah so Keene, new hampshire is a quaint little college town nestled in southwest new hampshire it's home to Keene state college um the the area was first known as um an area called upper ash ashalot i think i'm saying that correctly um when settlers used the land to protect the province of massachusetts bay from the french and their native allies during the french and indian wars uh when the boundary between massachusetts bay and new hampshire colonies was settled in 1741 upper ashalot became part of new hampshire and i mean that's pretty much the little background history. The town was renamed Keene in 1753 after Sir Benjamin Keene, who was the English minister to the Spain, to the Spain, to Spain, sorry. And he was also a West Indies trader. So located in the heart of Treasure County is Keene, and it was designated the county seat in 1769. So... I love that little history. I lesson. love little history lessons. I don't know. 
You gotta know about the town. Yeah, the know area. The town, the area. I love it. So let's just like get on with the case. Are you ready? This is like I've been like dying to like tell I'm you so this ready. all week. I'm so ready. Um, Armando Barron and his wife are livering, <laughs> livering. You're killing yeah. it. I'm killing it already. I'm killing it already. You're doing amazing, sweetie. <laughs> Thank you for the encouragement. So Armando Barron and his wife are living in Jaffrey, New Hampshire, just outside of Keene. Um, I'm not going to name the wife on the podcast because, like, originally her name wasn't released. Um, she is a victim of domestic violence. Um, but she still took part in everything. Um, you know. Sorry, I just kind of gave a little bit away. But um, she did give her lawyer permission to name her in the article. So you can look her information up online. It is public. But I, I don't know, it's just a little close to home. So I'm just going to leave her name out of this. Is she, like, out and about? No, I think she's still in jail. Okay. I wrote all their, like, sentencing okay. at the bottom. He's I'm. I'm sorry. Ahead <laughs> no, because I'm like, I'll tell you the answers. I'm like, don't change. Don't ruin it. Ruin it for the people. Um, so Armando and his wife were teenagers when they got married, and they ended up having three children together. Their relationship was said to be troubled, and she wanted a divorce, according to later court documents. So on Saturday, September 19th, 2020, Armando reportedly finds text messages, the spicy kind, Ooh, scandalous, the spicy kind, I guess, on his wife's phone between her and her co-worker, Jonathan Amaral. Okay. And Jonathan is our victim in this case. Oh, no. She and Jonathan worked together at the Teleflex Medical Center in Jaffrey. Upon finding these text exchanges and discovering his wife's affair, not only does Armando confront his wife, but he beats her, chokes her, and trigger warning, uh, puts a loaded gun in her mouth. Oh, shit. So, he's a very scary and violent man. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah. So... Armando then uses his wife's cell phone to lure Jonathan to a net state park in Ringe, which is about a 45-minute drive. It's not very close. Yeah. But if they're having an affair behind, our, you know, her husband's bath, it would make sense to meet somewhere yeah. far away, I guess. But it's not a close drive. So... Jonathan is thinking, he's talking to this guy's wife, his co-worker, yeah. and agrees to meet at the state park. But he had no idea what was about to happen to him when he arrived. Oh, he was met with not only Armando, but also his badly beaten wife. Oh my god. Armando began to beat and torture Jonathan. He handed his gun, his, yeah, he handed his gun to his wife and ordered her to shoot Jonathan. Oh. And she refused, and then he said he ordered her to step on his throat and kill him that way. Oh, my god! Yeah, she admitted to, like, stepping on his throat, but, like, she didn't, like, apply force. Yeah. Because, like, she didn't 
She didn't want. She to didn't want to kill him. Yeah. So after failing to make his wife kill Jonathan, Armando took matters into his own hands. Yeah. So he ordered Jonathan at gunpoint to get in the back of his car, ordered his wife to slice Jonathan's wrists. Yep. And Ooh. then Armando shot him three times. One of these times shot him in the head, killing him. He was only 25 years old. Oh, yeah, so young, super young. The Barons then went back to their home in Jaffrey, packed camping supplies, and then drove up to a remote campsite in, it's called Atkinson in Bill Manton Academy Grant. And this is in Coos County in northern okay. New Hampshire. Like, north of, like, the White Mountains area, like, yeah. on the border of Maine. So, like, out there. Like, yeah. a couple-hour drive. Armando drove in his truck while his wife drove Jonathan's car with his dead body in the back. Oh, my God. Along the way, Armando stopped at a general store, purchased two tarps, lighter fluid, a container of cleaning fluid, and a shovel. And... Um, I think I mentioned it in here later, but um, he was driving behind his wife. So, because it's argued later that, like, if they were driving, like, in tandem, like, she... She could have, like, pulled off. No, he was, like, on her ass. Like, yeah. he would have... And also, she has a dead body in her car. Like, I know, like, yeah, you could have like, oh, my God, help me, help me. But, I don't know. I, I don't know what I would do in that situation. Yeah. I, I feel like if she would have been able to do that, maybe circumstances would have been different because yeah. what she does later is kind of gets her into trouble okay so they stop at the general store they get these items when they arrived at the campsite again another trigger warning armando ordered his wife to saw jonathan's head from his body are you fucking i me? yeah this is what makes this murder like this fucking insane. Yeah. Ugh. Poor guy. Like, yeah, obviously. Poor him. But, uh, yeah. I can't imagine being, like, forced to to do this after being beaten mercilessly. Yep. All because he finds text message on It's, like, there's no excuse for any yeah. of this at all. So they also destroy his personal items, his cell phone, his identifications. She buried his head in body in separate locations and hid his car under a tarp. She was then instructed by her husband to send text messages to some of her contacts to tell people that she was alright and planning on leaving for a while. According to the wife's statement, Armando told her, quote, once the sun came up the next morning, he would forgive her. So yeah, he, just got, he just thinks this is all going to be A-okay behind him the next morning. Hell no. Armando left his wife at the campsite, drove back down to Jaffrey, where police spotted his 2008 Jeep Patriot outside his home on Monday morning. And at this point, like, because she had called her work and said, like, I'm quitting and then moving far away. And then his friends have these text messages. They reported to the police. He's questioned about his wife's disappearance, quote, disappearance. Yeah. He told them that he had last seen her on Sunday morning around 2 a.m., in the middle of the night, apparently, when he dropped her off at the Temple Mountain parking lot to go camping with her friends. At two in the morning. Yeah, which is a lie. Because she was not with anybody. Yeah. Jonathan was reported missing on Monday after he failed to show up from work. 
His family and friends said they are last in contact with him on Saturday night, September 19th. This same day, after learning about Jonathan's disappearance, police made contact with Armando again, second time in the same day, asking him to come to the Jeffrey Police Station to answer some questions. He stated that he couldn't come because he was bringing his nine-year-old daughter up to a campsite up north to meet her mother and explain to their daughter why they were separating and getting a divorce. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so he has to drive her up, drive back down, drive back up hours so his mom can explain that's that they're getting it's 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 just a big one yeah yeah the lengths he went to to just like make that concoct that lie up is just wait for this now oh he's ridiculous it's worse it's not he's just ridiculous so on wednesday armando told his family members that he was stockpiling food at his campsite due to covid remember this is september of 2020 okay they're getting away they're stockpiling food but he stopped at the Home Depot in Keene and purchased several bags of soil, buckets, and bags of cement. He told family that these were going to be used to bury the food at the campsite so that the animals couldn't get to it. Um, How are you going to get to it if you uh, cement it? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. So, just, just like, a, m- a bunch of, like, mumbo-jumbo lies and just trying to cover his tracks and cover his ass. So Jonathan's body was discovered on Tuesday, September 22nd, 220 miles north from where he was killed. A group of three hunters north of Errol, Connecticut, Errol, it's spelled E-R-R-O-L. Not sure how to pronounce it, so I'm just gonna guess. So they spotted the Barons driving on a logging road on Sunday near where they were hunting for bear. They later told the police that they had warned the couple that they were near bear baiting site. So there's like bears, there's hunters, like you shouldn't yeah. be camping here. Doesn't when, seem like a safe place to camp. When the hunters returned to the area on Tuesday and found the wife to be there, they again warned her about the bears in the area and that she was not an illegal camping site. And they reported to the fishing game department. The fishing game officers located the campsite in the woods and they found her there with a pistol. Which I mean it's New Hampshire. Yeah. You can have a gun, but seems a little little intense, especially for when you're not an illegal camping site. You've been told multiple times. Like, yeah. So the officers told her that she was not allowed to be there. Like you can't camp here. And as she was packing up the camping site she told the officers quote i'm in big trouble officer yeah so she's like breaking down giving herself away yeah and her husband's not there remember he's like driving back and forth yeah doing all so, these weird things to make it seem like nothing is going on yep so officers noticed a brown tarp and found jonathan's car to be underneath at this point he'd already been reported missing so when police run the plates on the car they found him heart and discovered it belonged to a missing person they took her into custody um satan well actually she was first actually taken to a hospital to be treated for injuries that she received from her husband yeah so then they brought her into custody state police investigators were called to the scene where they discovered jonathan's headless body wrapped in another tarp placed in a small brook nearby 
Well, yeah, so his headless body is in his heart, placed in a small brook, and then his head was later found buried near the campsite. Please, yeah. So they disposed of the body and then decided to camp. They the barely disposed yeah, they, of they the body. they kind of attempted to dispose of the body. They didn't they have- dumped it. And then stayed in the area where they dumped it? He pretty much, like, ordered his wife to kill, kill this guy when he didn't, he killed himself, and then made his wife do all the dirty work. Yeah. They also found a Taurus Judge handgun, shell casings, bloody clothing, a saw, a hacksaw, and a small knife. Jonathan's autopsy was performed by the New Hampshire Chief Medical Examiner, Dr. Jenny V. Duval, the following Thursday. She revealed the manner of death was homicide by a gunshot to the head. She also stated that his head was cut off using two different weapons, likely a saw and a knife. At the Berlin Police Department, the wife was interviewed by police investigators, and she stated to them that her husband had killed Jonathan Amaral and that she had helped dispose of the body. So okay. that's like this kind of the story that we already kind of yeah. went over. She explained in detail the assault that took place at the hands of her husband when he discovered the text messages, and she told police where they could find the trail in the state park where the murder took place. And I guess this is also the site where they burned his, like, identifications. It's either at the state park or the campsite, so. Okay. But she was able, kind of in the same area. Yeah, so she showed, she told the police where they could find, like, the murder scene in okay. Ringe. So... This is when the state police put out um, an arrest, it's, well, and a warrant for um, for Armando just for the assault charges. They couldn't like get murder on yeah. him yet, so they could put out a warrant for him for the assault charges against his wife. So at least that's something that they can do. They also put out a bolo for the nine-year-old daughter that it that he said was to be traveling with her, with him. His Jeep was discovered in Jaffrey on Tuesday night in a Millipore Sigma parking lot. And I didn't know what this was, but I looked up like a life science center. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what they do, but just some like random yeah, business just some random parking lot. Parking lot. Yeah. The car was covered in mud and there was blood found inside. Of course. Yeah. On Wednesday morning, police searched the Baron home and discovered that his stepfather's gold Toyota Tundra was missing. Um, which made them determine that this is the car that he is most likely driving. If his personal car is abandoned and then this car is missing, that's the car he's in. So New Hampshire State Police were able to locate Armando and his daughter, and they took him into custody, or they were finally able to, you know, get him on these murder charges. Good. Because, you know, yeah, his wife, what his wife's saying has some truth to it. Yeah. So he was arraigned in the Cheshire Superior Court that afternoon, and he pleaded not guilty. His wife also pleaded not guilty for her charges as well. The lawyer asked, her lawyer asked for bail, arguing that everything she did was under duress from her husband. The state assistant attorney general denied bail, stating that she had ample opportunity to escape the situation during the three and a half hour drive from North to, uh, sorry, from Ringe to the North County. And again, after her husband left the campsite. Yeah. So she could have left and gone to police. Um, but she didn't. I'm sure he threatened her yeah. with something. It's hard to, to determine what was going on in her head. Yeah. 
head. I'd be scared, too, if I yeah. was in her situation. Um, she later said that Armando was driving right behind her and was on the phone with her almost the entire drive north. Oh, yeah. So, so I like, she would have been scared to try and escape. Absolutely. So Armando faces charges of capital murder, first-degree murder, two counts of criminal solicitation of murder, kidnapping, two counts of criminal solicitation of first-degree assault, and second-degree assault. He's also indicted for the alleged abuse of his wife, um, domestic violence, reckless conduct, and two counts of second-degree assault. His wife was indicted on three felony counts of falsifying physical evidence and a misdemeanor count of abusing a corpse. Uh, these, char- yeah, these charges allege that she knowingly separated Jonathan's head from his body, knowingly wrapped his body in a tarp and dragged yeah. it into a remote area, and knowingly cleaned part of his Subaru Impreza. Defense lawyers say that everything she did was, you know, everything she did in relation to the crime was under orders from her husband, and she did them out of fear for her life. Yeah. Which, you know. Pretty freaking obvious. She also cooperated with the authorities to the point where she helped them solve the crime. Yeah. So, but they were both being held without bail while they await trial. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the victim because obviously I like to focus on them and not the yeah. monsters that did this monster, mo- you know, everything with that situation. I didn't, I didn't want to do it from a judge's standpoint from yeah. for her, but like him, his, her husband totally oh, yeah. overreacted, totally just, like yeah. irrationally fucking you suck yeah yeah you suck so um about the victim jonathan l amaral was born in rangley maine on january 27th 1995 he was the only child of kenneth and justine amaral always an only child so taken jonathan was raised in milford new hampshire and graduated from milford high school in 2013 he was the captain of the indoor track outdoor track and the cross-country teams he graduated with honors from the Rochester Institute of Technology in 2018, where he earned his Bachelor of Science degree in Biomedical Engineering. Hot damn. Yeah, so he was very, very smart. Um, he worked as a biomedical math... I have trouble with these hard words sometimes. <laughs> Just keep working on it. I have yeah, trouble that's... pronouncing words and speaking... Speaking words, let's do a podcast. (laughs) So Jonathan worked as a biomedical manufacturing engineer for Teleflex in Jaffer, New Hampshire for several years. He loved hiking, skiing, riding ATVs, anything to do with the outdoors. And he was also a member of the region's hiking community. I'm wondering if it was the same as um, Emily, the girl who just... Unfortunately, lost her life hiking the White Mountains. He had submitted all but one of the 67 mountains in the northern New England area that are at least 4,000 feet. So he pretty much had the same goal as her, except I think he was doing like all of New England and she was focusing on New Hampshire. Regardless, they were avid hikers. And he received honors for his volunteer work at a boys and girls club in Milford, New Hampshire, where he attended when he was younger, and he later became a camp counselor. A granite bench was dedicated at the club in his memory. 
he also had just purchased a home in Keene, like just prior to his death. That's so fucking so sad. that was really sad. Jonathan's family and attorneys both argue that the text messages between him and his co-worker did not show evidence of an affair. Um, his mother apparently stated that all he did was respond to her text messages for eight days during the last ten days of his life. It was probably just like harmless flirting. Yeah, something. exactly. Because the wife wanted to leave her husband Armando. Yeah. Um, but, you know, having three kids and being together for, you know, nearly half their lives. And obviously that dude's like, he's explosive as fuck. So yeah. sure that wasn't the first time he's assaulted her. No, absolutely not. And he probably took it way out of proportion. And, yeah. you know, who's to say that he even knew that this girl was married? She could have probably been like, nope, we're separated. So you never know. So he yeah. was just an innocent victim in all of this and it was just fucking horrible with what what happened to him so in october of 2021 armando's wife pleaded guilty to falsifying evidence she did address jonathan's family with an apology statement which it must it takes you know a lot to stand up there and do that and i'm sure yeah. the family is probably like yeah fuck you fuck everything you're saying but I think at least she did. I mean, they might not. Some people they they forgive them because they know that it's better than keeping that. Yeah, which I hope. In their heart. But if she, you know, I feel like it would have looked way worse if she didn't it's say very, anything. Yeah, it definitely would have. It's definitely brave of her to be able to do that. Does it change anything that happened? No, not at all. But hopefully, it gave the family some kind of closure. Yeah. So. Uh, she was sentenced to three and a half to seven years in prison, and she was required to pay for the funeral and counseling costs for the, for the family. On May 26, 2022, after less than two hours of deliberation, a jury convicted Armando with first-degree murder of Jonathan Amaral in the assault of his wife. So he's getting, like, double whammy here. Good. Which is good. I'm glad they didn't dismiss the domestic abuse part, but... Yeah. I mean, they, she, I, I don't know, I feel like there are actions maybe she could have taken at the campsite that no, could have changed her outcome, but, I mean, I feel like the drive up there was probably very scary for her, and yeah, I don't blame I her for not that. pulling over. So he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. In addition to a sentence, he was also given another 45 years on charges of kidnapping and all the other charges i mentioned earlier because when he lured him out there you know i guess that's the, the kidnapping charge he got he was also ordered to pay thirteen thousand dollars in restitution to the Amaral family his lawyer requested the judge impose a lesser sentence because he did not have a prior record prior record mm -hmm. finish the word then prior record and um he was also a stay-at-home dad who homeschooled his kids I don't care if he, like, cut the homeless. You literally <laughs> beat your wife and forced her to decapitate somebody that yep. he killed. Yep, he's already dead. A, Why? A fucking text message. The decapitation part is just, like, that's overkill. That yeah. is overkill. That really is. I think he just wanted to impose trauma. Definitely. He was just trying to get, get back at her, which... I'm gonna get back at her. Text another bitch. Like, right? like don't Christ. I commit just... capital murder. Terrible. Terrible. So 
The defense also argued that it was his wife who shot and killed Jonathan, not him. So obviously they're going to try and do every loophole. Because oh, of course. He initially tried to get her to do it, but he but she wouldn't. So after being sentenced, the Cheshire County Superior Court judge Elizabeth Leonard told Armando, quote, you're going to be spending a very long time in state prison for these heinous crimes. Um, the depravity of your actions in single-handedly causing immense suffering and death of Jonathan Amaral showed extreme indifference to the value of human life. Your actions were brutal. They were, af- they were absolutely horrific. They were selfish and they were completely senseless. They abject cruelty, the pain and suffering, and all that they inflicted on Jonathan in the that night is unfathomable. I probably, I, I'm bad at <laughs> reading these quotes. Sometimes I butcher them, but basically, basically saying that you know you have no regard for human life. Yeah. Like they were selfish. Like you're going to fucking jail, and you deserve to go to fucking jail. Absolutely. Um, she emphasized that she had had no hesitation in giving Jonathan his sentence. She was just like, life in prison, plus this time, like, you're going away, buddy, and I'm making sure you never fucking get out. Good. So I feel bad for his children, though. Both parents. feel bad for the children, yeah. Both parents had to go to jail. And I like that the judge used the word unfathomable. Yeah. It's like, she called out our podcast. She did. When it didn't even exist. Right. (laughs) Um... So I just want to end this by saying some kind words about Jonathan. His mother said in her victim impact statement that her son, quote, had the most beautiful inner light. Evil recognized Jonathan's inner light and tried to extinguish it. But there are some who bring a light so great to those around them that even after they are gone, their light remains. So he was a very smart person, graduating from college with the degree he did, having a great job, becoming, you know, a homeowner. Um, he had been very successful in life, and he was very le- well-liked by those around him. Um, but unfortunately, his life was cut tragically short by the hands of a jealous monster. Big fucking mm-hmm. terrible, so, terrible dude. That's, that's a crazy case. Isn't it crazy? I was looking up stuff, and again, around the area, I'm always looking up stuff, and like this came up, and it was just like, you know... Cut off his head, and I was like, this is crazy. I feel so bad for the family. Um, I feel bad for the children of, you know, the accused and that's whatever. Yeah. So sad. It's so sad. And he was so young, and he was so smart, and he was, he just started talking to his co worker that, you know, it just sucks that people feel like they need to react in that sort of way. Like, yeah. they don't care what happens to them as long as they get their revenge. Yeah, that's Like, you're going to jail sad. for the rest of your life, buddy. Like, was it worth it? Like, yeah. But you know what? It's good that he's behind bars because, like, now, like, he can't abuse anyone anymore. Yeah. Um, he can't, hopefully, um, when the wife gets out of jail, she can start over. And hopefully. luckily, she... I mean, she has the chance to do that. She only got up to seven years, so yeah, I mean, what, we'll see what happens. I'm not going to sit Maybe here and take one the, side or the, the other, the but from mental a, health that she needs, yeah, exactly. Kind of turn things around, get the rehabilitation. 
And that's like all you can do when people get out of jail. It's like, you know what, you, they got the sentence. Yeah. And that's that. They're doing their time. And yes, some people deserve more than what they get. But if they have the chance, it can successfully turn around. Like, I think that's good. You know? But again, kind of close to home. Didn't want to name her. Don't want to really share my opinion too, too much. But. I mean, this guy's a fucking asshole. More than an asshole for what he did. I have some choice words, but I'm already getting called out for the F-bomb, so <laughs> I should keep it kind of clean. <laughs> um, but yeah, I hope you uh, were as shocked as this case as I was when I'm I came shocked. across it. This was nuts. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm watching my cat literally jump around behind us. She's been going nuts. Sorry if you can hear Patches! Her. Patches a hula hand. She's a big fluffy calico. Her name is Patches. I can't say your name without... Patches. Yeah, exactly. I gotta go Patches. Alright, um, so I just also want to add that, um, next week there will not be an episode. Yeah, so we're gonna take a little break off for the holiday season, spend time with our family yeah so. we can only get together so often and we and you know it's, we are next, able to put out one every week but just with the holidays yeah. coming up we got really busy we don't want to yeah so we don't want to try to squeeze it in and but we will be back in the new year on yes. the second we should start the new year off with something crazy. We should. okay we'll plan Let's it we'll, we'll plan, plan it out. we're gonna surprise you guys with it but okay it'll be something nuts. something crazy we'll do a big one yeah like a yeah. two-parter? A two-parter. Let's a do two-parter. it. two-parter. All right. Well, um, I think that's that where we're going to end it. Stay spooky. Stay scary. And, and stay, stay safe. safe. Bye. Bye.